Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Thanks for joining us today here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner and myself. My name is Chris Swan. Really do appreciate you spending time with us today. Here's how you reach out, 419-794-3030. That's the phone number, 419-794-3030. Always online, day and night, americasretirementheadquarters.com. On today's show, why some seniors on Medicare may be resistant to change. The top five questions Medicare recipients have heading into next month's AEP and how planning for life is different than planning for death. All this and more. But first, let me check in with the guys. Nolan, not with us this week, but I do have Scott Kirshner and Chaz Price. So, gentlemen, well, Chaz, uh, welcome back to the show. Scott, glad to be with you as always. How are we doing today? Well, we're doing very, very well. Um, had a tough weekend uh, last weekend. My Bengals lost to the Steelers, which uh, uh, Travis here that works with us um, he, uh, we made a bet, and I'm down one one already. So, uh, but it'll we'll bounce back. You know, the Steelers came back last year, but we're doing very very well. Chaz, thanks for coming on again. Absolutely, My glad pleasure. to have you. Yeah. My brownies won, so I'm happy. Yeah, good. And so it's football season. You know, <laughs> uh, I think Georgia pulled off a big win, didn't they? Oh, uh, well, Georgia was playing. Uh, I don't remember who they were playing at this point. It was it was one of those smaller schools after Oregon the week before, which was a big game. Yeah. Um. So that's big. I'm I'm definitely more college minded than um than than NFL for various reasons. But I will say this for you. Uh, with, with Cincinnati um, losing, you don't have to worry about the, the pressure of a perfect season. You don't have to sweat right. that anymore. So, That's right. So go and get that out of the way, and uh, it'll be easier and smoother sailing for you going exactly. forward, hopefully. Exactly. <laughs> um, but let's go ahead and, and, and dive in because I know people were watching a lot of football last weekend, and I'm sure they saw a lot of commercials from the, the Jimmies and, and the Joe Namus and things like that because Medicare's annual election period is a month away, starting on October 15th and running through December 7th. So people are probably getting bombarded with mailers and commercials already. You know, it seems that a lot of seniors, they're reluctant to change their Medicare plans or even sit down and review the current plan at all. So, Scott, why do you think this is the case and what do you want to tell, what do you want to say to those people right now? Well, you know, you're right, Chris. This this is a big issue. In fact, I've had some opportunity over the past couple of weeks to um, to kind of experience this firsthand and kind of go through and, and I'm going to give some listeners some real good information today. You know, yeah, you know, I call it the three Joes. You know, you got Joe Namath, Joe Theismann, Joe Montana, the old retired guys that are now Medicare eligible. And now they've added uh, Mr. Dynamite, Jimmy Jimmy. Walker, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Um, and a lot of people hear those commercials and they see that. And and, uh, the the one thing that rings uh, echoes with everybody is it's too good to be true. Something's missing. Uh, and I will tell you, and everybody I sit down and I talk with, I go through this and I say, you know, they, they explain to you that you've got um, no deductible, you've got uh, co-pays, you've got free dental vision, hearing and prescriptions, all for the low, low price of zero, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is true. And, and they look at me like I've got three heads and they go, what? I go, yeah, that is all true. But what you're not being told it was what do you have out of pocket? So I think the biggest issue that a lot of the seniors have today is they're very skeptical of the the commercials and all of the information they're being told. What I have found is if they are referred by somebody 
you know, a family member or a friend and that friend is doing business. Like for me, example, if they're doing business with me, they're more willing to sit down and talk with me mm -hmm. or if they're a current client. So this past Friday, I had the opportunity to uh, spend some time at a local senior center. There was an event going on. It was a health fair going on, and uh, they had gr a great turnout. There were 150 seniors signed up for this event, and um, there were a ton of seniors there. And uh, some were just getting information. They're turning 65, and some of them were well past 65 and are already on Medicare. So I took that opportunity to just kind of ask some questions and get some feelers put out there and just kind of want, you know, get an idea of what these people are thinking about. And um, the unfortunate thing was they they felt like I was a salesman and, and I, I quickly told them that that's not the case. I'm here to educate. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I educate people. I do a lot of uh, educational events. At no point in time do I ever do, I've never done a sales event. In all of the years I've been doing Medicare, I've never done an actual sales event. All of the events that I do are truly educational events. Right. I want to educate the seniors on some of the things that, that they have available. So once I explain to them that I'm just here to educate you and I, I want to get some ideas, I'm shocked at the number of the people that I came across last Friday that have no idea what plan they have. I mean, they truly said, I don't know what I have. Hmm. I don't know. I said, well, have you had an annual review? Has your current advisor been reaching out to you? And they said, um, I, you know, I don't know that I've talked to anybody. I signed up for this 13, 15 years ago, and I haven't done anything with it since. Mm -hmm. And I took that opportunity to explain to them that that is really probably the worst thing you can do because everything changes every year. Your out of pockets, your co-pays, the drug plans, and a lot of these people had no idea what they have and have never had an annual review of their policy. So I, I was able to uh, pass out a lot of information to people there, had a pretty good um, uh, response with people wanting to uh, set up appointments with me and talk about that also. But you know, one of the other things that I found is um, they're just afraid they're not as sharp as they once were. You know, some of these people are in their late, uh, late to mid to late seventies, and they just don't understand it like they used to. And they're just afraid. They got that security blanket type thing, and they're comfortable with what I have. You know, the old saying, uh, "If it ain't broke, don't fix it." Right? right. And that's that's the mentality that these people have. They really don't want to rock the boat. They're comfortable with what they have. Uh, some people have not even used it, which is a good thing for them. Uh, so it was it was kind of shocking and mind-blowing to me that there were that many people. I bet you of the 150 or so people that were there, I bet you 75% of them have no clue what they have. Yeah, I, I'm not actually surprised by that because I've been in the business about 20 years, and that's one of the most difficult parts of financial planning is trying to understand the alphabet soup that is sure. Medicare. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you come across somebody that really has literally no idea where do you start with them? Um, because, you know, if I don't know anything, I'm probably going to be more apt to just stick my head in the sand and, yeah. you know, not worry about it at all. So, you know, that's, that's a great, great point, Chaz. And, and one of the things I do is when I sit down with someone, I, I, first thing I do is I, um, by the way, I've put together a, a little over a minute, minute, 15 second, uh, uh, short video that I send out and email to everybody and it's what to expect. Uh, in that first appointment. So they're a little comfortable then, you know, if I have someone that uh, calls and wants an appointment, I get their email, I send that out so they're a little more 
um, they have a good idea what's going to happen when they get here, right? Uh, but the first thing I do is I gather their pertinent information. And then I ask the simple question. And I said, there's no wrong answer here. Mm-hmm. How much do you actually know about Medicare? And some people are, are, are well-informed. They've, they've went out. They've done their homework. Um, those are the scary ones because they think they know more than me, yeah. uh, which um, they said, well, I've heard this and I've read that. And, uh, but some of them just say, I know nothing. Or they get advice from a friend or family Absolutely. that knows even less, probably. Absolutely, yes. So, you know, one of the things that's important to make sure that you do your annual review with, if, if you have an advisor, make sure that you're getting that review. If not, I'm more than happy to help anybody with a review. You know, uh, you can reach out to the office. You know, my direct line is uh, 419-794-3053. Uh, and we are on you know on the website. It's americasmedicareassociates.com. There are several ways to, to reach out, but I, I think it's very important to not put your head in the sand and to, and to get that review, right? Yeah. I made that a regular pra- a part of my practice, too, as I'm going sure. to reviews or meeting prospective clients. If I run into somebody that's over the age of 65, I love having somebody here locally at the office right. that I can maybe even coordinate our reviews around make sure that they know that we have a dedicated person here because it is very difficult. Yep. And if you, and if you blow it, you know, that's, um, you know, one of the worst things you can do. So take the time Absolutely. to make sure you talk to a professional. So I want to take just a couple of seconds here before we get, uh, I know we're coming up on a break here shortly, but I want to talk about the, the top five questions that I run into with most seniors. Okay. Uh, the first one is, uh, they, they say, they come to me and they say, well, my HR people or my coworkers have been telling me, uh, I have to sign up. Even though I'm still working, I have to sign up. If I don't sign up, I'll have a penalty. I get that more now than I've ever gotten in, in years in the past. And, and I'm here to tell you um, that could be the case, but I'm finding that it's not normally the case. If you are working past 65 years old and you have an employer-sponsored health plan, you have 20 or more employees in your company you do not have to sign up for Medicare. Mm-hmm. I don't care what your HR people say. I don't care what your coworkers say. You do not have to sign up for Medicare if you have over 20 employees and an employer-sponsored health plan that also carries prescription drugs. So that's one, one really, really confusing thing that I run into a lot. Uh, the other one is, do I have to pay for Part B if I have a Medicare Advantage plan? You know, because everybody knows that uh, Part A is free if you've got 40 credit hours. Part B has a premium. For the standard premium, it's 170.10. And um, for anybody that uh, the big confusion is, if I have a Medicare supplement or Medigap, then I have to have Part B. But if I have an Advantage plan, a lot of people are being told that that replaces Medicare. You do have to have Part A and B in order to have a supplement or an Advantage plan. So that's another big one that they get. Uh, I don't take any drugs, so do I still have to sign up for a drug plan? Yes. I don't care if you're not taking prescriptions at all. If you do not sign up for a drug plan when you are initially eligible to enroll and then choose to sign up later when things happen in life and you do start taking medications, you will suffer a penalty, and it is a lifelong penalty. So the answer to that, once again, yes, you should definitely sign up for a prescription card when you're first eligible if you don't have employer coverage. And then what is the biggest difference between a Medigap and an Advantage plan? Well, there are big differences. The biggest differences 
are the out-of-pocket expense that you have with a Medicare Advantage plan. Um, the Advantage plans give you dental, vision, hearing, and prescription coverage included. A Medigap is your supplemental policy. Um, that comes with a monthly premium. It has no network, uh, so you'll get some coverage there. The Advantage plans typically have a network that you have to stay within the network. Um, but there are big differences, and um, there are advantages to both. Uh, no play in words there, but there are advantages to both. And then, uh, the, you know, the last thing a lot of people ask me is, if I do have an Advantage plan, how does that affect me if I travel? Um, I will tell you this, Advantage plans have come a long way. They are definitely better today than they were. Uh, you have emergency services and urgent care anywhere, as long as it is a life-threatening emergency, you do have coverage for that. So uh, one of the questions I ask when people ask me that question is, uh, when you say travel, are you traveling for an extended period of time? You know, my parents, they would, uh, right after Christmas, they would head to Florida. They were down in Florida until, uh, from January, usually until middle to late April. They had doctors and, and facilities that they went to down there as well as up here. Probably not the best thing to have an Advantage plan if that's the case, right. uh, but they do travel well. I know you've talked about in the past too, if somebody's traveling and they have a heart attack, you know, you're going to go to the hospital. You're yep. not going to necessarily go see your primary care physician. That's exactly so correct. Emergency coverage is usually yes. Covered. So emergency services and urgent care are covered anywhere that you're at um, as in-network as well. But that is some of the things that um, people need to be aware of for AEP. Once again, uh, I'm happy to help anybody. They're free reviews. We don't charge anything for that. Um, AmericasMedicareAssociates.com is uh, the website, or you can reach me at 419-794-3053. And as we are coming up, like I said, about a month away from the start of the annual election period, October 15th through December 7th, some things to keep in mind. Uh, not all plans are created equal. Just because you see one plan, you know, they, they have different benefits, things like that. What worked best for you last year? may not necessarily be the case going forward this year, whether their formulary changed or you're on new medications. It's worth having a second look to see what can really work best. And this one, I think, is is pretty important, Scott. We talk about it so often. What's best for you is not necessarily going to be the best plan for your spouse. Absolutely. You don't both have to do it. So uh, having a review done to see what's going to be best for you going into the upcoming year, going into 2023, uh, is real easy to do. Again, go to americasmedicareassociates.com. Go ahead and schedule the time to, uh, to speak with Scott, and see what's going to work best for you and your spouse uh, going forward into 2023. This is America's Retirement Headquarters uh, here on WSPD, you know, getting you to, through, and beyond retirement. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to turn our attention to the beyond side of retirement planning, the financial factors that come into play after the loss of a loved one. Welcome back to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner. Nolan Baker, not with us this week, but Chaz Price filling in. Always a pleasure to have Chaz here on the show. Here's the phone number, 419-794-3030. That's how you reach out, 419-794-3030 and online, americasretirementheadquarters.com. Guys, uh, CNBC published a story about the financial challenges of a woman who recently lost her husband to COVID. And one of her quotes that stuck with me was, we plan for life, but we didn't plan for death. Now, clearly, this isn't a subject that anyone enjoys talking about, but it is one that probably needs to happen in the retirement planning process. So when you guys have this conversation with clients, how does it typically go? Is it something that a proper estate plan can help couples prepare for? Well, there's no question, Chris. It's, you know, we've, as we've said many times before on the radio show, we've got the, um, 
um, we've created the ultimate estate planning guide really kind of helps lay things out for for those people that uh, suffer a loss of a loved one and um, uh, it's it, it's very very important to have that we've had a lot of requests for that um, you know but when, when I talk to clients that have lost a loved one um, one of the things I do is I really just kind of sit and talk with people right and um, a lot of them echo the same same sentiment is like I just wasn't prepared for this mm-hmm. um, and and most you, you know you're not and even even if someone is failing and then they do go through you know the end of life uh, stages that they go through it's still very difficult to grasp and there are so many things out there that you're not prepared for um, Chaz, what do you run into when you cause dealing with life insurance and annuities and, and uh, you know the different types of insurance that people have in place to protect them? What do you run into with this? Yeah, um, I would echo that same thought process. Is that you know normally it kind of just comes down to that human aspect of understanding what trying to understand what someone's going through, putting yourself in their shoes. It really depends on the situation. I mean, for instance, um, if you are a have younger children Mm -hmm. and you know I have a a, you know gambit of clients from you know that age up to mid 80s some still do have younger children and that's typically when we start the financial planning process where we're going to start is estate planning because what happens if something happens to you where do the kids go Um, what you know what happens to your income if you know a spouse passes away and now you only have part of your social security benefits so these are some of the contingencies that we try to talk about early on in the financial planning process because, like you said, you just never know. I mean, um, I'm in a golf league, and you know, one of the members of another league passed away in the middle of his backswing. Wow. I mean, mm-hmm. middle 50s, 60s. You just never know. So that's something um, that we've always been taught in, in pretty much any financial planning course I've ever taken is to not put those sort of things off. The other thing I run into a lot, Scott, is where we have, and I'm sure you have too, where you have one spouse that's the finance spouse mm-hmm. and the other spouse just kind of throws their hands up and says, I'm here for all the health care, all the yep. you know medical decisions. I don't want to know anything about finances, which is fine, provided that you've got that information documented somewhere. And part of the uh, planning process and one of the services that we offer is the vault we have on our financial planning uh, tool that we use called Right Capital has a, a, a secure electronic vault that you can upload all of your trust, your POAs, your estate planning, uh, you know, your will mm-hmm. to that, that uh, you know, electronic storage in the cloud so that somebody can pull it down. We know exactly where things are at and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make it easy, certainly, but it's just one less thing to worry about. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, there's a couple of things that, that, that we go through, and I know Nolan does, and I know you do, uh, Chaz, and, and I do as well, is, you know, the first thing we want to, we tell clients is take a pause. Mm-hmm. Step back. Um, you don't have to settle everything right now today, you know, and it's, it's difficult at times because you're dealing with the trauma of losing a loved one. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, um, I, I mentioned before with my dad passing, I'm working on all of this stuff with my mom. Well, we did, we, we took a pause. We just stepped back and said, you know what? I, I need to grieve. I need to, to just kind of get a grasp on what just happened. Yeah. Step back 
and take a few days, weeks, whatever to just grieve. Mm-hmm. To get I mean, yourself it's important. in the right mindset. There's no question. No question. So, you know, that's one thing that we always want to make sure that we go through with them. Uh, understand your cash flow. You know, one of the things that I did with my mom was, uh, okay, mom, we need to figure out what your finances are going to be like, right? We're going to figure out how much money you got coming in. And how much money are we going to have gone out? You know, mm-hmm. so kind of understand the cash flow. Um, the one thing that I've always said is the one great thing of many that my dad did was he set mom up. Um, we didn't even know that he did some of the things he did, which was uh, pretty cool to find out. But he set her up with, um, uh, you know, his retirement pension. And then he had some other life insurance and some annuities that were automatically rolled over to her. So, uh, you know, understand, t- you know, take a good look at the money coming in and how it's going to be distributed. And the money going out, too. No question. Some, in some cases, maybe expenses might go down a little bit since there's only one spouse, you right. know, with some of those things. So yeah. it yeah. may not be as bad as you think. In fact, mm-hmm. we had a client last week that our husband passed away and uh, she she came in and we understood that the income was going to be a little lower, but she said, I think I'm going to be okay. So, sure. um, you know, make sure you, you take know, the inventory. And, and there's no better feeling to sit with someone after they've gone through and experienced that loss to let them know you're going to be okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, you kind of see the, the shoulders shrink a little bit and their uh, a smile comes on their face and, yeah. and they understand that, Hey, we're going to be okay. Uh, you know, Take a look and take stock of your finances. Figure out exactly what you have with your investments in that. And that's where you come into play, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. you, you'll sit down and kind of like this client, you look at their portfolios. You do that quite often. Yeah, absolutely. With, in, with respect to retirement accounts, particularly if it's a spouse you know, situation uh, that the, the loved one passes away, you have a lot of flexibility. That's one of the nice things about the, the rules the, the IRS has in place for when a spouse passes away is that if it's, an, if it's an IRA, the spouse has the ability to continue that deposit account right. on as if it were their own. So what that means to you is that you don't have to, if, if the person that passed away was already taking out required minimum distributions, uh, the amount of money that you are forced to take out, um, you have the option. You can continue on taking those RMDs if you think you need the money, or if you're not at the required minimum distribution age yet, you can actually roll that account into your own own IRA and then continue on as if it, you know, as if it were your money originally. So they give you a lot of flexibility with that. Sure. Sure. Well, that's, that's a great thing. And then uh, I would say one of the things that I actually experience as well is um, it's time to take a look at your own uh, estate plan. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, you know, once the passing of one of the spouses and then they just kind of assume that everything is going to be taken care of for them. Um, in, in my particular situation, uh, I just had this conversation a couple of weekends ago with mom and she says, I think we need to start looking at getting things taken care of for me now. So we don't have to worry about some of these things like we did when dad passed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so make sure that your beneficiaries are updated. Make sure that your, um, uh, all of the account information is in a situation like the vault, you know, mm-hmm. um, knowing that if something were to happen, to you, you pass things on down to uh, your surviving, you know, family if if you so have, and uh, it's important to make sure that you update your own estate at that point. Absolutely, yeah, you know? I agree with that. Um, especially if you have children, they're married, and mm-hmm. let's say a spouse passes away, 
and you guys just forget to update the beneficiaries. You've got it going to, you know, three children, mm -hmm. maybe unfortunately, you know, one of the other children's predeceased you, God forbid. If you don't want that percentage going to maybe the deceased child's spouse, if you want that to stay, you know, in your family, mm -hmm. uh, just make sure that you're always updating your beneficiaries and it's a great time to start looking at that stuff. Absolutely. Power of attorneys, mm -hmm. you know, healthcare power of attorney. Um, uh, if you've got a uh, executor of your estate and it happened to be your spouse, well, they're gone. Yeah. You're going to need somebody else. You're going to need to appoint somebody else. You're going to need to make sure you take care of all those things. You know, so those are, um, you know, those are some of the four bullet points that we kind of hit with uh, clients when, when um, uh, they have to handle the unfortunate loss of, of a spouse. Um, um, I mean, there's, there's just a lot of things out there. You just don't plan for it. You know, I've, I just said to a client the other day, they were talking about life insurance. I says, life insurance is probably not the right title. It should be death insurance. I mean, life insurance really does nothing for mm -hmm. you while you're alive. That's I a mean, good point. Right, you know, think about it. It's life insurance, mm -hmm. right? You, you really figure out how valuable that life insurance is when there's a death. Or if you've ever had to physically deliver a check to no a, a spouse or surviving spouse, yes. um, then you know. Yeah, you sure do. You, that's when you really find out. You know, the loss of a loved one is obviously a very emotional time, whether it is a spouse or a parent or, as, as Chaz says, you know, heaven forbid, a, a child. And, and there's not really any amount of planning you can do that's going to minimize that sting. But when it comes to the financial burden that sometimes comes into play after the loss of a loved one, especially a spouse, uh, with proper planning, that is something that, that can be alleviated. And so that is something America's Retirement Headquarters wants you to be aware of. Take advantage of that ultimate estate planning guide. Go online to the website, americasretirementheadquarters.com. Check it out. And then when you want to put together that all-encompassing plan, give a call, reach out, schedule a time to speak with them, 419-794-3030. Once again, 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Now, if you ask 10 people when you should claim Social Security, Chances are you're probably going to get 10 different answers. An article in Barron's talked about how people were swayed after getting notifications on Facebook of how many of their high school classmates had died before the age of 70. Story says you should look at three factors that I'll start with the letter H, actually health, heredity and human nature. So, guys, what do they mean by this? And should there be other considerations? Yeah, Chris, uh, this segment kind of reminds me of uh, the quote in Hamlet, to be or not to be. Mm -hmm. This is more like to claim or not to claim, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's uh, nobler to wait and suffer or to take it early and avoid, a, a, I think, a big sea of calamity, I think is what he said. Yeah, yes. very nice. Yeah, my eighth uh, grade English teacher <laughs> would be very proud of me. Yes. I remember that. Um, but yeah, I think this is, again, one of the most important discussion topics that we have with uh, potential retirees about when to claim Social Security because Social Security is that source of reliable income mm -hmm. that kind of creates the uh, floor you know that you can stand on if you will for income and it takes a lot of pressure off of your other investments so for instance if you have a lot of income coming in from pensions and Social Security that's just less work that your investments have to do to try to keep up and so it's very important that you do select the right Social Security collection strategy. And yeah, I do like the way that, you know, we've talked about Social Security a lot in the segment. Mm -hmm. I like the way that they lay out this, uh, you know, the, the discussion topics here um, to first consider your health. You know, if you've right. if you've enjoyed really good health, not that that always matters, uh, but I think it, it is a good indication of 
how long you know you could potentially live um, you know also uh, the heredity the aspect of how long have your parents lived you know I usually always ask that in a mm -hmm. meeting are your parents still with us are they you know are they enjoyed good health as well um, one thing that you could do if you've got parents still with you uh, or if they passed away you could you know take a look at their average life expectancy so you know if uh, you know, dad passed away at 66, mom lived till 90, you know, take the average there somewhere in between and it may give you an idea of your, uh, your life expectancy as far as heredity is concerned. And then human nature, uh, human nature, uh, whether or not you can, if you can afford to delay uh, taking social security or if you just, you know, you have to take it. And sometimes when we talk to folks about taking social security, um, you know, they, they feel as though it's almost an entitlement issue right. that I've paid into the system. I'm entitled to it. You know, I want to make sure that I get every single drop and dime out of it without even taking into consideration more the logical aspect of yes. it that, you know, you're going to get an 8% increase every year that you wait. Um, it's one of the few sources of income that has a pretty reliable cost of living adjustment. If you look at all of the years that uh, Social Security has given us a, a cost of living adjustment, it's about 2.6% on average. It'll be really interesting kind of as a side note this year to see what the cost of living adjustment is on Social Security if we get one. Right. And, you know, because we've seen 8% inflation, I think the CPI numbers come out next week, um, but um, they're expecting about another 8% you know, increase in inflation's down from 8.5 down to about 8.1. So if that continues, you should likely expect to see a, a pretty decent cost of living adjustment on Social Security. Um, so, uh, you know, Social Security, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. But, you know, I do like the, the three factors there, health, heredity, human nature. One of the things that we can do at America's Retirement Headquarters is a Social Security Optimization Report. Mm -hmm. We talk about these in our workshops. I know you and I did one last October. You did the Medicare, I did the Social Security. Um, a lot of times folks focus on more so the break-even point where we just wanna know at what age do we have to live to get out you know, 100% of you know, what we put in essentially mm -hmm. or, or what the decision was actually to, uh, to make sense to right. wait more so, but we want to optimize your social security and we want to make sure that every single dollar that you have, including social security is working at its highest, best use. And oftentimes I can say this cause I've ran probably a thousand different financial uh, analysis with social security included. When we wait till age 70, it almost always results in a higher probability of success for a client. If you live to age 90. Now, that's the key though sure you know if you don't expect to live past 82 um to 85 somewhere in that range it's probably not going to be as high of a probability of success with social security uh by waiting till age 70. you know uh, Chaz, i had a, a client in fact i i, I brought you down uh, i'm, I'm referred to you actually um and one of the big questions that they had because you know you sign up for medicare through social security right so every time i'm meeting with someone um, I asked them, are you taking Social Security? The reason why I asked that question isn't because I'm nosy or want to know if they're taking it. It's because the Medicare Part B premium, if they're taking it, comes out of the Social Security check, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, you know, that Medicare Part B premium went up last year, goes up every year. 
but if they're not taking Social Security, then we have to be proactive in signing them up for uh, for Medicare Parts A and B. And um, if they're not taking it, by the way, for all you listeners out there wondering, you will actually have to pay quarterly 170 10 times three um, every quarter. It's not taken on Social Security because you're not taking it, right? But the last clients that I handed last week were talking about this, and they said, well, when should we take Social Security? He says, well, you know, a lot of people look at different va- uh, variables. And I asked some of these questions right here. I ask about health, and, and uh, I ask, what is the longevity of your parents? And um, uh, it, it was a shocker to me because this particular client, neither one of their parents were alive. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them died uh, very early in their, like, early 40s. And the other one died in their 60s. They actually have hereditary health issues mm-hmm. to be concerned about. Um, maybe one, of, maybe one of the first times I said, "Well, you probably when they're turning 65," I said, "You probably want to take at 65, 66, you know, mm-hmm. for retirement age mm-hmm. for them. It's it's different for them um, because the likelihood for them to hit 85 or that break even." is is not real high yeah and um, you said a good point there too about them i think when uh you're making social security decisions you do really need to include the other spouse into the decision making sure. process because it is a a couple's decision if you will because uh you know my benefit although it it, it doesn't necessarily affect your benefit when you when you start taking because uh the Social Security benefit is based on when I take it, not right. when you take it. Now, it may be based on your primary insurance amount, which is the, the maximum that you would earn at full retirement age. Uh, but ultimately, the decision and the amount of money that I get is based on when I take it. It may not be in my earnings record, but um, it ultimately depends. But as far as uh, you know, going back to the estate planning aspect of it, when uh, a spouse passes away, as you know, you lose that the the uh, deceased spouse's social security benefit so if that's a concern and if we see some weakness in your financial plan that if a spouse passes away early which we can model that maybe it would make sense for at least one of the spouses i.e., probably the highest wage wage earning spouse to wait and let that 70 uh, 70 year old benefit grow max out social security so that you know, if they did pass away, the surviving spouse inherits the higher of the two. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you don't get both, but whatever the higher the benefit is, he or she will receive. So that could be a significant benefit. So that happened with, with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exactly what happened with her. I do have a question for you, Chaz, because okay. uh, I was approached this past weekend with this question. It's it's a little different question. but okay. um, So I had someone that, that was talking about taking their ex-husband's benefit Mm -hmm. um and i they said well can i take that i said well maybe yeah because i don't know so here's my question Mm -hmm. if the ex-spouse is not taking social security Mm -hmm. can the ex-wife take it the other (laughs) ex-spouse yeah yeah the other can can they take it even though the the um absolutely okay yeah they just they don't have to be currently claiming the the okay spouse they just have to be eligible so oh, they have okay. to have paid into it you have to be divorced at least for two uh two years and you have to have been married for 10. so i knew that and, and i told them those remarried. numbers if she's not remarried then she can claim 
Okay. Her I told her that. I told her those. I knew the the two years and the ten years, but mm-hmm. um, um, she was asking these questions. I'm like, is there something I need to be aware that of? Would, that would be difficult. That'd be an interesting conversation. <laughs> it, it was your ex spouse. Hey, are you? Can you claim Social Security so I can get <laughs> yeah. on it real quick? Yeah. Yeah, so they don't have to worry about that, though, which yeah. is obviously a good thing. You know, so if, if any of you out there have any questions about Social Security, I know we talk about this a lot. We go through the Social Security. Uh, there's all kinds of schools of thought. There are so many different strategies when it comes to claiming Social Security. Uh, reach out to uh, reach out to us here. Uh, Chaz is great. I've seen the uh, Social Security optimization reports he runs. Um, helps my clients out a lot and uh, does a great job with that. And uh, the reports are very informative. Um, uh, one of the many things that I do uh, for clients is I'll actually help them create their My Social Security mm-hmm. account if they don't already have one. Um, and if you're looking to sign up for uh, Medicare, I'll actually go on the Social Security website for them and help them do that as well. Yeah. So uh, if if we can help you with any of the, the topics we've already discussed, please reach out. Uh, you can reach me directly at americasmedicareassociates.com uh, or you can uh, reach us at um, americasretirementheadquarters.com as well. Yeah, we've actually signed people up in the office for Social Security Absolutely. as well. So yep. if you want to avoid a trip down to the Social Security Administration, mm. nothing against uh, those folks. I know they work oh. really hard mm. and uh, they take, you know, whoever's at the door. So, but we can actually do that for you over the um, online as well. A lot easier. And yeah. Again, those people at the, the Social Security office, they're not equipped to give you advice. They're not allowed to give you advice mm-hmm. when it comes to the claiming strategy. So one of those things where you want to uh, make sure all your T's are, are crossed and your I's are dotted beforehand. The team at America's Retirement Headquarters, they can help you figure out what's going to be best for you and your spouse going forward and how that factors into your retirement plan. Schedule a time to speak with them. Go online to americasretirementheadquarters.com or give a call 419-794-3030. Once again, 419-794-3030. And thanks so much for joining us here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner. Jazz Price filling in for Nolan Baker this week. And uh, on this edition of Committed to the 419, we're actually branching slightly out of the area code all the way up to the 567 I know, just splitting hairs here, but this week we are pleased to have Mike Horvath with Let's Build Beds, a nonprofit that builds beds for kids. So, Mike, uh, we appreciate you joining us here on the show, and guys, I'll let you take it away. So, Mike, um, I met your facility. Um, uh, you folks came out to a fundraiser that we had here. It actually wasn't really necessarily a fundraiser. It was a client appreciation, and we had your company here. And uh, you were actually building beds right outside in the um, parking lot out here. We had um, uh, we had some games. We had um, uh, a couple of food trucks. We had a great time. But you guys were here, and I thought it was so cool because everybody was swarming to your area and uh, were really kind of impressed with the beds that you guys were helping these kids make. And uh, the one thing that I thought was pretty cool was they actually took a, a, a branding iron and branded the beds. So welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. Um, Thank you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and a little bit about what uh, um, uh, Let's Build Beds does for the community. All right. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, so Let's Build Beds is a 501c3 uh, organization that basically builds beds and gives them away to kids in the community that their parents or you know their their family that they're living with can't afford to buy them a bed so we come in and and partner and, and with organizations to help make that possible 
That is fantastic. I know the beds were pretty cool when I saw them. Um, Chaz, that was actually, I think, before you got here, but uh, yeah, it, it yep. was it was really a neat neat thing that you guys were doing. Yeah, I had uh, Mike come out and talk about let's build beds um, at the Rotary meeting when I was, I think, president maybe a few years ago. And, oh, sure. Yeah, so yeah. good to see it's uh, growing and, um, you know, doing great things. So, Mike, how did you actually get involved in, in this organization? Well, uh, my wife and I and then Dan Pelizzari, actually, uh, we started this uh, organization here in Northwest Ohio four years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so we, uh, we originally took the model um, and learned from Sleep in Heavenly Peace, which is a national organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but during COVID, we decided to split apart and create our own organization so that we could focus a little bit more on education. Okay. Um, we work with um, lots of small youth groups and, and uh, churches to try and help their kids get an opportunity to do the same thing that we do with the corporate entities that we work with. There's a lot of kids, unfortunate, but there's a lot of kids out there that um, are sleeping maybe in back of cars or um, on the floor. Yeah. And, and that's a shame that that's the situation. Um, that, that was really a question I had, too, about uh, what it, I know it's a great you know idea. What, what about the bed do you think it is that makes... Um, the, is such a, a benefit to the child. Well, I mean, in our experience, I mean, and you guys can probably attest to this, when you're a child and you come home from school, where's the first place you go? Your room. You go to your room, right? Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't have a bed in your room, is it really your room? Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, you, you want to have that safe place, that sanctuary that you can hang out. And, and um, the, the beds just, it really does give a kid a safe place. Sure. Um, even in an uncertain world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 fantastic. I mean, that is just really, um, it's it's really a neat thing that you guys do. If someone wants to get involved, how do they how do they reach out to you? Uh, the easiest way is to go either. Well, actually, there's two ways. Uh, either go to our Facebook page, which mm-hmm. is Let's Build Beds um, on Facebook, uh, or you can go to our website, which is letsbuild.org. Um, either way, you can connect with us either via message or you can um, you can send us an email. Um, but, uh, but we will definitely reach back out to you and help you get involved. How often do you actually go out and, and build beds? I mean, do you do this? Uh, I mean, is it a day-to-day process or you do event-type stuff? So there are events, and, and I, I chuckle a little bit because uh, so our, our board sits out at the beginning of the year and decides, you know, what our plan is for mm-hmm. the year. And then um, historically, I have snuck in additional builds, additional builds. Sure. So the plan is two a month. Oh, wow. Okay. So basically, we're doing this at two different locations um, each month through the summer months because we're, uh, we're an organization that travels. We go to the location just like we did here with the uh, retirement headquarters. Um, we bring all the tools, make sure that the lumber gets delivered to that location. Um, we basically come in, set up our assembly line, train everybody, build the beds, and then we go away. So if, if someone is actually in need of beds, I mean, explain the process, how this works, because I really, I just don't know this process. Sure. So uh, what if I know a family, a needy family, or someone that I know needs beds or something that can uh, actually benefit from Let's Build Beds? How does someone reach out, or how, how do you find out about these people? Yeah, so uh, most of our requests uh, come through Facebook. Um, they basically... Uh, Facebook will uh, has a button at the top of the page that is a sign-up button. Um, that redirects them to our uh, website okay. where we have a form. And the form automatically, uh, basically, if they fill out the form, the information automatically goes into our database. Um, we work on a first-come, first-served basis. 
there's no financial background checks or any um, anything that's um, uh, I guess invasive. Mm -hmm. um, we just ask if uh, the child is between the ages of three and 17 okay. and that they don't have a bed of their own to sleep in at night. So maybe they're sharing a bed with a sibling or like you said, maybe they're sleeping uh, on a car seat or whatever. Um, we want to help them get their own bed. Mm -hmm. So what if somebody wants to actually volunteer to help? Let's say I want to help build beds. I'm, I, I'm a handy guy. You know, I love doing construction type stuff. We'll take you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a bed, but I'm pretty proud of this. But um, um, on the website, on the Facebook page, is yep. that, and will, will you take anybody that wants to volunteer? Yeah, so we, we actually work a, a lot of different angles. Um, I've, I've got a gentleman that, uh, that actually is helping us out with some uh, odds and ends that we need. Um, he's actually building bed rails for us because um, we inadvertently will end up with some lumber that comes once in a while that maybe has a split or something like that. Sure. So, so we get a little bit of uh, inventory mismatch and, and he's actually building some stuff out of his garage for us just to help us get caught up. But, um, but yeah, the, uh, I'll say anybody from, from age uh, eight and up can do this. So that's pretty awesome. I know that there were, um, at our event that we had here at the office, I know there was a lot of kids that were involved, and um, they got the biggest kick out of it, you know. Uh, hey. Um, burning stuff? Let's see. Yeah, <laughs> burning stuff, yes. Yeah, yeah, smoke was flying all over the place. But, you know, I think it's important to get the kids involved. Um, uh, do you ever have kids that are in need that are going to receive a bed come and help build their own bed? Yeah, we do from time to time. I mean, because that's got to be really, um, really building a sense of, of self-satisfaction for them, knowing mm -hmm. that, hey, I did this. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Again, we don't, uh, we, we don't pry on who's there to volunteer. Sure. But um, we often, after we deliver a bed, we often get that feedback that, oh, well, we're going to be able to come to, you know, this specific event, and we will see those kids um, at our events. So... Yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity, and they, they love the fact that they can give back. I mean, it's something that, you know, they appreciate what they got, and they want to help somebody else the same way. That's you, awesome. Have you ever done any custom beds? Like anybody wanted, hey, can you make this one uh, race so, car or something? I don't know. So I'll, I'll, say, I'll say that we, through the organization, don't do that. Okay. But I can tell you that we've had, a, we've had requests for, let's say, um, special beds for, let's say, autistic special needs oh, sure. children. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, and we have delivered a few beds that are outside of our normal specs. Gotcha. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, that <laughs> I don't makes want sense. to go down that road, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's, it is that's a still slope. Cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That is, that's, that's fantastic. And um, um, So do you have any upcoming events? Yes. Anything, uh, when's the next event that, <laughs> that we need to be aware of? Sunday, we actually have an event, um, which is kind of like the event that we did this Saturday. Um, this coming Sunday, we're going to be with... Uh, the children from the Bible school at Epworth uh, Church okay. on Central Avenue. Um, they, during their um, Sunday school, uh, or I'm sorry, their Bible camp this summer raised $1,300. Wow. And so Good. we're coming out there and going to let those kids build the beds that they helped to fund. Awesome, awesome. So what is the the area, general area that you go? I mean, do you go all over Northwest Ohio? Mm -hmm. uh, do you go into Southern Michigan or? Yep, we do a one hour radius. So oh, okay. um, so basically, if you think about um, from where we're sitting, Defiance, Finley, mm -hmm. um, Port Clinton, and then uh, we stay this side of Monroe because there is another nonprofit that operates in Monroe. Just a couple numbers for you. So um, in the four years that we've been doing this, we've delivered over 3,200 beds wow. to, to kids in Northwest Ohio. 
and current state we have 650 kids on our waiting list wow, wow. so there's no lack of need so yeah so we need to build beds yeah. let's get building right yeah how much how many beds would the thirteen hundred dollars or the thirteen hundred dollars the kids raised what how? so when we deliver a bed it's a uh, bed frame it's a mattress brand new mattress a uh, full set of sheets pillow and a comforter wow and the total cost for that package is two hundred dollars okay. per child that's fantastic that's awesome well, uh, Mike, I want to thank you very much for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate it. I, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, share with us and, and all of our listeners. And, uh, a definite need, and you guys are filling that need. That's why we do uh, Committed to the 419 is to uh, help get the word out there for people doing great things like, like you guys are. And, and um, we really appreciate that, and thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks for having us on. Mike Horvath and the team at Let's Build Beds definitely committed to the 419, even though the phone number, the area code is 567. It's a technicality. 567-246-0616 is how you can reach out to them. Also, if you want to donate, whether it is your time or your treasure, go to letsbuild.org as the website or go on Facebook and search for Let's Build Beds. Uh, again, Mike Horvath, the team of Let's Build Beds, committed to the 419. Really do appreciate you coming on to the show this week. And we want to thank everybody out there for tuning in and joining us once again here on America's Retirement Headquarters. Uh, one last time, the phone number to reach out to the team at America's Retirement Headquarters, 419-794-3030. Hope you have a great week ahead of you. Hope you have a safe week ahead of you. And as we wrap up, gentlemen, I want to leave you with the final word. Well, uh, once again, I want to thank Chaz and Mike for uh, joining me today. And uh, hope to see you uh, in uh, next week. And the quote of the day is, each day provides its own gifts. Uh, thank you for listening and have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks, guys. Thank you. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstance. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.